What up, what up? Welcome back to another episode of Cultivated Ignorance. I am Will, your favorite host. Don't mess up your the mo- flow. Don't mess up the flow. <laughs> I am Mike, your true favorite host. Thank you. And see, we go through this every show. and Because you don't know your... I just want the respect I deserve. Anyways, we have a lovely guest on the show today. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Talon Oliver is joining us. Yay! Yay! <laughs> applause! Cue applause! Thank you guys! Thank you guys! Thank you for joining us today, uh, Miss Talon Oliver. She is a well-known Jamaican radio host. Uh, she has over twenty years of radio experience, public mm-hmm. speaking, um, whole lot of other th- stuff. She is uh, what is it? Chairman? I don't know exactly. Chairman of Gold Speak Women. Yeah, CEO. 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 You get that right. Get her title right. 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 CEO. I apologize. I've never had nice things in life. (laughs) Go speak. Go speak women. Go speak seminars. Right. There you go. Yes. Um, She's also very involved with Toastmasters in Columbia, which is a public speaking uh, organization. Um, She's also authored books, Jamaica 101, uh, also Speak to Win. Her life is basically dedicated to public speaking, correct? Yes-ish. <laughs> and having fun. Yes-ish. <laughs> yes-ish and having fun. Little, man. She's doing her thing. Um, so she will be joining us today and talking about everything she's got going on. And also uh, a, a few topics we're going to discuss with her today. As far as fear, getting over uh, you know, hurdles in your life. Mm-hmm. Especially with things like public speaking. I know most people have fears of public speaking, so... Uh, she, she'll definitely help us out with that. Um, we're also going to be talking about a few things that's going on in the world as far as, uh, what is it? Lord Jesus, I'm so unprepared. I'm bad at things. Um, oh, yes. Um, the way men have been silenced lately. She has a very interesting perspective. Very interesting. Um, because I know oftentimes we hear about women being silenced and things like that. Mm-hmm. She has a very interesting perspective she wants to share with us today. So, as, as always, we are going to let Mike do his... Little bitty church now. <laughs> Disrespect. <laughs> Thank y'all for joining us. Thank y'all, live chat, for coming in. Jay Ward, Taryn, Roxanne, Mr. Aretha, Shireen, Elizabeth. All y'all, thank y'all for joining us tonight. Um, y'all know I love y'all more than Will. That's no surprise. Thank you, Miss Thompson, for Hey, my pleasure, my pleasure. Oh, so you got to do the warm embrace? You do the- oh, yes, Thank the you, warm embrace. <laughs> <laughs> she cut my ear and everything with it, too. It was extra warm. Um, church announcements, y'all, for this weekend, Saturday, March 23rd, 7 p.m. It is the Diverse Music Madness show going on at the White Mule. Um, it's going to be very dope. Featuring Othello's Delight, which is a very dope local band. Um, my good friend Kendra Ford's in there. I believe the Dubber is in there. He's a very well-known local talent. Um, insanely, insanely talented individuals. Um, also going to be featuring Born, a.k.a. Bitter, my boy L. Very dope rapper. Alongside uh, Jason and Natty Vibes and Dirty Gone Dollars, um, all just an amazing lineup for only ten dollars. Uh, actually, only five dollars if you had an NCAA ticket. Only five dollars. Wow. March Madness. Colin did great. You you work on your words. What? Wow. Um, yeah, man. It's gonna be I, this whole weekend's gonna be crazy because of March Madness. I know, right? Uh, but yeah, that's March twenty third, seven p.m. Like I said, ten dollars if you ain't got a ticket. Five dollars if you do. Um, at the next week, um, March 29th at 8 p.m., it is Jamal Bates and, Co- and Friends Comedy Show at Chef Couture, featuring comedians Kenny Robinson, 
Tara Brown and Randy Scott. You remember Randy Will? This, this super funny lady that we he we, we that we murked in space. We murked in space, baby. I remember her. Not good at space, but great at comedy. Yeah, um, I do remember her. Go check her out. I see her Chick Fil A every once in a while. <laughs> so you be so, you be supporting Chick Fil A out here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, man. That's the comedy uh, Jamal Bates comedy and friends show. Only twenty dollars to get in there. Uh, let me turn my sound off. See if we can hit this that guy here. Mm, you know what I'm saying? I'm sorry, Crystal Westbrook. I gotta wait for her after the show. <laughs> it's only twenty dollars to get in, but it includes food. So yeah, that's always a good a plus for me, my book anyway. Um, again, that's not the Chef Couture, March 29th at 8 p.m. It's gonna be dope. Last but not least, this is actually very dope. Um, March 30th at 1 p.m. is a Black Alumni Cookout and Coolers at um, Finley Park. This is a whole celebration of Black alumni from colleges and university all. Universities all over South Carolina. Um, it's to bring awareness to minority education and in, in, initiatives. Sorry, I can't talk today. Within <laughs> institutions of higher learning, um, it is an adult event. Um, it's gonna be like four DJs, it's gonna be food, it's gonna be drinks. Um, there's even gonna be a scholarship giveaway for you aspiring college students out there <laughs> doing your thing. Uh, we're very proud of y'all. Tickets are only twenty dollars, and um, it's gonna be dope. Why you do the only twenty dollars thing, Will? Only twenty dollars. Again, again. again. <laughs> the would first like time to, I did it. Would you like a position on the podcast? <laughs> <laughs> After this episode? Talk about if she's replacing me, she'll be the real no, host. No. Be, she will be the real host. You're absolutely right. <laughs> um, yeah, man. March thirtieth, one p.m. Only twenty dollars. Finley Park. Go out there. Be black. Be beautiful. <laughs> celebrate. Uh, it doesn't sound right. <laughs> That's what you said. <laughs> We're excited too, Shereen. It's going to be dope. It's going to be great. Are you done with your little announcements? I'm done with my big announcements, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Those little piddly things are over? Ah, Rodney, Amber, get to meet y'all. Get y'all in here. Now, <laughs> back to our lovely guests. Now that uh, you've wasted our time. <laughs> <laughs> Celebrating black people. <laughs> so, um, Miss Tyler, we met you not too long ago. Mm-hmm. What was that, about two months ago? Yeah, that's a long time yeah, in, 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 in yes, that's a long time <laughs> in, in DSD time. <laughs> yeah, in, in daylight saving time, that's a long time. Yeah, we, we were. Uh, it was a blessing, really, because you gave us so many pointers on how to speak publicly. Improvements we could yeah give up on that. That's right. Yeah, I know, right? It's not working. Not working today. All right, fine. Um, how right. we could speak publicly, and mm-hmm. you know, all manners of how to just do better with this podcast. Um, and just meet people around us. So, right. first off, I got to thank you for that mm-hmm. because and the t-shirts and the t-shirts hey, and the t-shirts co- and the cards. Right. 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 T-shirts and cards coming listen, soon. Listen, yeah. merch coming soon. I mean, <laughs> the design is so dope. Yes. Let me say live to you both, Michael and Will. I love the name thank Cultivated you. Ignorance. <laughs> thank you because it it really communicates exactly what you want to do. Absolutely to cultivate ignorance. Absolutely. In a positive way. No, I know that's not what it means. <laughs> that's what we do. Hey, but look, it's 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 a good, it's an attention getter. Mm-hmm. It makes you stop and think, mm-hmm. like you know what? 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 Yeah. So it's a thought interrupter, right. yeah. which is what you know ads really do to us when they program you. So true. yes, it <laughs> works. So yeah. You're welcome. Glad to be here. <laughs> Glad to be You're here, guys. For yeah. getting your lives together. <laughs> uh, so, you've 
in a in some in a little bit and have dedicated your life to public speaking. It's your passion. Yes, I happened up into it. <laughs> because I love theater, I love movies, I love the films, I love performing in these films. Mm -hmm. I, I like performing in the um on radio. I I like doing television work. So when did you and first kind of have that gift or inkling? Yeah. Maybe when I was about 10 years old, maybe before, oh, yeah. Maybe it started because um, I read a lot. I read a lot, read a lot, read mm -hmm. a lot. Everything from Disney books to English literature classics. Mm -hmm. That's a fake smile. We don't no. want no fake smile. <laughs> That's, the radio <laughs> smile. That's the radio smile. <laughs> That's what that is. Right. <laughs> And I read a lot of books, guys. And reading is very, 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 very important in the process of becoming a very good communicator. Absolutely. Because when you read, what happens is that it helps you exercise the imagery muscle in your mind, in your brain. Absolutely. You see places and you go to things without moving from your chair or your bed. So words inform and words give you the picture and the essence and the feel of what you want to communicate. Mm -hmm. So I believe that that's where it started. And then going to the movies and going to things like Broadway and whatnot, you see people performing and you're like, wow, that's cool. I want to do that. Mm. So I did my first paid stage performances when I was about 16 years old. Really? So we have back home in Jamaica. That's where I'm from. You know, big up all the other man. Massive and crow. Yes. Time. So I had my first. <laughs> I had the whole vocal chain. I don't know. It was coming all the from right. up in here. Listen, I can teach you that too. The voiceover or something. Yeah, a lot of mercy. So <laughs> with that song, I I I did my first. So the man um or pantomime back home is like um. Uh, it's like Broadway here, actually. Okay. It's musical. You sing, you dance, and the whole show goes on. It's family entertainment. So my first pantomime on stage where I was paid. Paid now, professional actress. Hello. Hey. <laughs> At 16, and I loved it. But even before that, in high school, I did all my high school plays. Mm -hmm. All throughout the years, I did all my plays. So that introduced me to the stage okay. to a certain point. Because, you know, you'd always play characters. Mm -hmm. But that still isn't you toddling speaking. Do you remember your first time on stage? Mm -hmm. I was 10 years old and I forgot my story. Uh-oh. I was 11 years old, actually, and I forgot my story. No. I had just started high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, they had this open talent session where they would invite new students and older students to come and perform, say, tell a story, tell a mm -hmm. poem, give a joke, whatnot. I don't know, Will and Michael, what possessed me. <laughs> but I put my hand up and I was in the runnings. I don't know anybody. I'm not a popular girl in school. I just started high school. We start high school when you're 11. Mm -hmm. And right. um, yeah, 11 years old. <laughs> Seventh grade, what you call it, junior high here, yeah. right, oh. freshman. And I went up on stage, I was telling the story, forgot it, went like, oh my God, on stage. I wasn't scared. What was interesting is that I wasn't scared, I wasn't nervous, 
But I, I, I remember the story, continued, came off the stage, and I had no negative reaction within me about whether my performance was good or not. And I really didn't care what the audience thought either. And you know, young <laughs> high school teenage girls are one of the toughest audiences around. Yo, oh, yeah. To this day. To this day. <laughs> so that was my foot, you know, putting my foot in the water when it comes on to public speaking. Really? Yeah. Wow. So how long did you, how long after that did you do theater? How long? Had... I just kept on doing drama pieces every year hmm. until I graduated, uh, not even before, after I graduated. That's when I did Pantomime, this big musical where I played the girl, this love interest of the sea captain who came to the Caribbean and fell in love with this girl. So I that was the whole act right now. That's right. <laughs> so I was a love interest, the, the, the junior lead, they call it, the junior female lead, because you had the, the older like uh, gentleman and the older lady of the town that carried the story along. Mm. So here I was, this young princess, this, this daughter of some plantation owners or something like that. And she fell in love with the ship's captain and yada, 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 yada. And I had to sing and I cracked one night <laughs> while I was on we stage. Crack. We all crack, it's fine. Listen, I, people have fears of public speaking. I had fears of public singing. Yeah. I understand. Mm -hmm. Yep. I had fears of public singing. But after I cracked on that note, my wonderful musical director, Noel Dexter, he changed the note, and I was happy ever since. Yeah, you gotta get that right there to change the note. Yes. Most of them be like, no, nah, you're gonna get the thing yeah. right. Yep, mm -hmm. change the note for me, and I was happy as a lark. But that's not my voice range, and I just have to accept that. <laughs> yeah. So you said the pantomime is the like Jamaican Broadway. Broadway yes. Do y'all have, I guess, traditional things that kind of stay in that rotation as far as like. I like Cats is famous on Broadway and uh, things like that. Because our community is so small. Mm -hmm. We're only two million people and Kingston probably has about where we have most of the theater happenings only has about what half of that population. So we do have several theater pieces going on all at once. Mm -hmm. And what we do have are regular theater producers who always has a new show on. Oh, okay. You don't want to keep saying doing the same thing over and over again. However, the popular productions, they do remount them from time to time. Like oh, every okay. two years, maybe every three years. I've been in several of those productions where they come back again. But when it comes on to pantomime, pantomime only runs for like about six months. Oh, okay. And then it runs for a whole six-month period. And then next season, the season starts in December, Boxing Day. Mm -hmm. When the next season starts, it's a completely new script. Boxing Day? Yep, Boxing... Oh, I'm sorry. That's the day... We celebrate Boxing Day back home. So, <laughs> that's December 26th, the day after Christmas. Oh, wow. Yeah. After Christmas, y'all just... And what does it represent? What it represents? It was Boxing Day. It is a holiday. If you Google it, you will see that it is the day where they boxed presents. Oh, okay. So you didn't box presents for Christmas. Boxing Day was the day that you put your presents together. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. One of those English traditions that we inherited. Yep. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. So now, you know, y'all take up with this newfound way of being where everybody's killing off themselves between, what, Thanksgiving and Christmas night? Yeah. Christmas Eve night to get the special gift? Yep. 
no. <laughs> okay, so after you, uh, so after your, I guess, toe dip into public speaking with the theater and everything, you went to college, I assume. I did. Did you start radio in college or? Um, no, you're making me show my age by having to <laughs> think about this one very hard. <laughs> Actually, two years after I graduated from high school, mm -hmm. I got a job um, as a radio producer host at the National Radio Service. And that's similar to NPR, but it's a government radio station. Mm -hmm. So it's called Jamaica Information Service. Mm -hmm. And I produced magazine programs where we had to interview sometimes government ministers. We had to cover parliament, which is similar to like uh, media persons covering what's happening at the White House. Mm -hmm. We had to cover special community events. We covered certain uh, pieces of information for the public. Take for instance, water safety. Mm. We would do programs on things like that. We do programs, education programs, because the basis of our work at the Jamaica Information Service is to provide public education. Mm -hmm. So we did, I did a half an hour program that I had to go interview people, do radio edits, and do voiceover, announcer work with that. So we not only spoke pretty, but you had to literally write the script mm. and write in the sound effects and write in exactly what your sound engineer, because we worked with a sound engineer. Mm -hmm. So I was the announcer, but I was also the producer because you had to find the people, interview the people, listen back to the tape, do your edits, write your script, go in the studio, and then record your program on tape. No so it's not like this. It's not like this right here. No. So we got to make No, no. We graduated to this when this started. When the MIDI system came on board, mm -hmm. then we graduated from analog to digital. To digital. So yeah, I, I have all of that background. <laughs> I have all the old school stuff. Yeah, all I, I know why the button goes up and down. <laughs> And I know why you have to watch the sound monitor so it doesn't go into the red. I know all of that. <laughs> so when a nuclear war happens and all our equipment gets knocked out, you're going to be still out here producing? Yeah. Hello. That's <laughs> me. This is Tottenham Oliver. <laughs> hey. Yes. So that's what I did. So I went and I, 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 I started as a, a magazine show producer. And I did that for two years. And then I, I had started college at that time. And after two years of doing that, I went into college full-time, but then I started to freelance at one of the national radio stations, mm -hmm. which was Radio Jamaica. Now it's called RJR Communications, RJR 94FM. So I was there for maybe 10, 14 years as a freelancer, having radio programs three times a week. I'd work on a Saturday afternoon, play music, and then I would have a late night show um, called, you told me before the, this, this podcast started that you listened to one of my interviews. I did. Right, that interview. <laughs> you did some research. Yes, that's one. I'm so impressed. That's so cool. <laughs> Guys, you've got to do your research. Anything you're Please doing, do your research. Especially if you're doing an interview. You're doing an interview. I watched one Columbia news, news person 
do uh, you remember that event? Do uh, yeah, Alice Walker <laughs> were not happy, she were not happy. Bro, you she, can't interview Alice what Walker. She his ass. She, Listen, it was on her book, um, Taking the Arrow Out of Your Heart, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, first came out, and he was supposed to do a whole interview with her about the book and everything. He didn't read the page of the book, <laughs> and he was <laughs> he was trying to play it off. Like I said, he couldn't pass up Alice Walker though. That's how it happened, bro. He was like, I can't just pass it to somebody else. Mm-mm, but like, she caught have... on into like about what three or four questions? Three or four. Maybe the like second two. question, she Maybe was right, on yeah. him like white on rice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she said, "Oh, so you just read the inside of the book cover?" Yo, she she rolled. I was down, so bro. embarrassed. <laughs> she, for him. she was like, "Ah, oh, yeah." Uh, I'm gonna head yeah, well, he laughed it off. He didn't he yeah. deny it. Like he, he laughed it he off, and then he switched and opened the floor to the public. Mm-hmm. No, I would have started and, and she, and she, she dug, Yeah, she dug she into like, him. Nah, they're going to get this work. Oh, she says, oh, oh, oh. But research, you've got to do your research, and that's what we had to do a lot of. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I went on to live radio because the, um, the government radio job that I did, again, similar to NPR, similar to BBC News kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We had to do our research to interview government ministers, CEOs. Oof. We had to interview directors of agencies, national agencies. Mm. The so internet makes it much easier to do research now. Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> you just got to make sure you reach the wrong I was, right I was not going to find anything right. if it wasn't on the internet. Right. <laughs> you know, so, been super difficult. Well, look, back in the day, what we'd have to do is take our butt down to the newspaper library. So I was going to go to Jamaica to do research? No, you go to your library here. Hello, they have microfiche. That's what you do. Ah. You got microfiche ah. yes. That little computer, what's the thing yes. called? Is it like a film thing? Yeah. A little film thing? Yeah. You yeah. Mm-hmm. that couple hours, get everything you need. Yeah. So so that's how it all started <laughs> for me. That's how the whole radio thing. And I, I love performance. I love the whole business of speaking. I, I enjoyed it. But it still didn't make me a great public speaker because when you're behind the mic, nobody sees you, so mm-hmm. you're quite comfortable. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you're in a studio like this and you are talking to your camera, there's nobody else there. Right. So you don't get no feedback. You got no. Yeah, you don't. Have to throw that you off. So public speaking now is a whole different story. Mm. So what was the transition from, I guess, being the producer who was behind the scenes, to being the, you know, the voice. You know what happened? You know what happened? Um, what happened is that I started to MC live shows. Really? So I started to MC fashion shows. Lord. And coming down the runway right now is Will in his Versace pants. Ugh. Hey, you know how to drip up. Uh. Hey, they made of silk. They fade. Yeah, drip. I tell you. They fade. <laughs> Gotta tear in the back. Right, now... And Will, Will today is wearing <laughs> who you want to wear? I mean, what's the most expensive thing? I don't know right now. Will's Dockers. Dockers. <laughs> Mike, Mike can wear Dockers. Faded Glory. <laughs> oh, come on now. Jabos. <laughs> I'm wearing the Azad collection. Listen, no. You're wearing this new design by Cultivated Ignorance. Boom. Fashions. Oh, that's the real uh-huh. drip right there. Yeah. <laughs> when we hit these fashions, yo, nobody's safe. When we hit the fashion line, it's over right. ball, y'all. So I started emceeing fashion shows, musical concerts, jazz concerts. Right. I emceed um, barbecues, something similar to what you have there. There's always an entertainment segment. Hmm. 
So because I worked on radio, I'd always get these invitations to MC these events. And of course, for a fee. Because they pay you to do this. Yes. Oh yeah, they did. And while when you because the truth is when you're on radio you don't make that much money, but the spins spin out some radio is where you make your money. Mm-hmm. So that worked for us. And starting to MC shows, starting to get in the groove. I enjoyed the audience feedback, the rapport. I think one of the largest shows I've ever emceed probably had five thousand attendees. It was oh, wow. one of these Shoot. um musical concerts. So we did, I even did one in Florida back in about three years ago. I am seeing one of those musical concerts in Florida. We have this thing called Jerk Festival. Talking mm-hmm. about Jamaican food and Jamaican artists. Food and jerk and chicken. Food, jerk chicken. I mean, really irate tea. <laughs> wonderful things, wonderful things. And when you watch TV and the people have now taught the Jamaican accent with a sweat for sound, you have to sound You know, cultivated. <laughs> Oh, on yes. a side note, real quick, I'm gonna jump off topic. Uh-huh. Somebody told me uh-huh. that if somebody got jerk food, uh-huh. the seasoning is not don't, it don't come in a canister, it come in a bag. Really? Is that a, is that facts? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I love you, bro. That 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 sounds like that's that sounds fake, doesn't it? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it might be fake news, but I'm just saying that sounds fake. You started mm-hmm. talking about the food, and then I, my mind yeah. went. In a whole other it don't come in a can, but you can get it in bottles. Some jerk seasonings, like grace jerk seasoning, that's a good seasoning to get mm. Mm, to put on your chicken or your shrimp. Okay, all right, all right. Man. And it was kind of you things. didn't know nothing about Jamaica, just trying to play, basically. <laughs> like, they just took no, 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 it wasn't nothing like that. Okay, yeah, so mm-hmm. how long were you doing your own radio show? How long did you do that for? Oh, Jesus, Lord. <laughs> All my life. You just want to say, this like, since you were 12 it's, it's years actually, old? Actually, it's about 20. It's about 20 plus. That's dope. It's about 20 plus. Most fulfilling part? Most fulfilling part is being able to be. You see, the thing I notice nowadays when people are on TV or on radio, except probably when you go to the um, the more music type people, that when people are interviewing, they seem to want to put themselves in the interview and not ask the questions that people who are listeners, people who are viewers want to know. It's not about you, the interviewer. It's about you. It's about the, your guest. And one of my most fulfilling things is to, like for instance, I interviewed hundreds of well-known Jamaican artists. Jimmy Cliff, he's world renowned. He was my first guest. And to be able to have him in a safe space mm-hmm. where fans can pick up the phone and call him and ask him certain questions about himself or music or whatnot, that's very fulfilling. Mm. Because you've provided a platform similar to Gold Speed that happened for us the other day for people to connect at a more intimate, real level. And to watch the artist receive in real time the adulation of his fans and to watch the artist recognize his reach to allow the artist to realize, my God, people are genuinely following me and enjoying my music, enjoying my art, enjoying me. And that was, was 
was so fulfilling to the ends of the earth to be able to be the conduit mm -hmm. between the famous person and their audience and giving them four hours, five hours of airtime. They can't pay for that. <laughs> and people used to take payola back in the day. Mm. Right? I don't make nobody pay, take, give, give me no payola reason because I don't belong to nobody. <laughs> when you start taking people's money like that, they own you. Exactly, yeah. Just pretty much the same way like how athletes are endorsed. Mm -hmm. If they slip, that endorsement goes away. We've seen it. Mm -hmm. Your money goes. You're owned. And I'm not saying that endorsements are not a good thing. They're excellent things. But you have to be very mindful of when you get into certain things. So an artist couldn't pay for that time. Couldn't mm -hmm. pay for that time. I was glad to be able to come. As I'm going to give you a joke. When I started, I started to focus on a lot of reggae music. Mm -hmm. The establishment did not enjoy that. So I was a kind of cultivated ignorance at that point. Yeah, yeah. You was the first yeah. cultivated ignorance. Yeah. <laughs> because I would run my reggae music. They'd be so upset because they prefer middle of the road. Because reggae music is roots music, earth people music, people of a common man. Now, everybody wants to do reggae. Right. From, um, what's his name? Drake. Pretty From Drake. <laughs> who don't know how to speak good patwa, by the way. There are some lines in, in Drake's songs that are not right the one that he's, he sings about um there's a drake song that he sings and he sings about i hope i ended this thing i didn't i think it, you recorded it no, this is like a live video yeah oh it ended okay awesome this is what you recorded right so um drake sings um that um, I'm about to touch the road. The way he sings it, we don't say it like that. <laughs> it changes up the whole meaning of the thing. I need heart. a one dance. No, when he sings, yeah, I yeah. need a, I need a one dance. Whatever, whatever. Mm. No man ever asked a woman <laughs> like that. I need a one dance. No, what he says is, what want a dance you know? mm -hmm. He never need a, a, a Jamaican man never needs anything. <laughs> no, oh, boy. no. So the language is a little bit corrupted in many of Drake's corrupted. songs. Yes, it is. So y'all do feel like genuinely insulted when artists like Drake no. obviously like hang around, you know, Jamaican artists. We are not insulted. What we are is impressed. We didn't need to wait on someone. We had Slan Robbie before him who was doing the who was doing the crossover between um modern music and reggae music. We're not insulted what we are. Uh, we say the thing like how y'all say here in the South, bless his heart. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is our approach to I love folks it. like the Drake, you know, you know, big up the Drake on our massive and crew. Mm -hmm. You know, and DJ Khaled loves our music. He does. And, um, but DJ Khaled, the way you try to eat all of that Jamaican food on that, on that Facebook thing that you put up, no bruh. No, <laughs> we don't put porridge in a plate hunt. We have porridge from a bowl by itself. Mm. We don't put it on a plate. It's not a side. He gonna watch this too. So yeah, <laughs> it's, it's it's not grits, babe. I love you, DJ Khaled. I love you, boy. But get nah. your life. Nah. Get your food life. Nah. Yeah. Gotta. 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 So in radio, I know you mentioned uh, what was his name, John Cliff or Jimmy Cliff. Jimmy Cliff. Y'all can Google him. 
Really? Yeah. I heard the interview you did with Dennis Brown, which mm-hmm. was excellent, by the way. Thank you. It was in 1991. It's on SoundCloud if you want to go check it out. Wow. Um. <laughs> so far back. I was a kid then. Still wet behind my ears. It's still a kid. In a good way. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, that's okay. You mentioned an interview before you did with uh, I can't remember burning, burning spear. Oh yeah. wow! Yeah. When did I mention that? I, it, I I just got a memory. Oh my goodness, that's <laughs> awesome! Yeah. <laughs> so, who was the biggest interview you've done, or the most memorable? Probably even better. Mm. They're all so memorable. Burning spear was memorable because. I don't know what I interviewed him on. He was so high on weed. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. But he gave a great interview. I know that much because everybody told me. Really? No, and I don't smoke. I wasn't high myself. (laughs) I don't know. But another good interview I remember doing, I interviewed Shaggy once. I interviewed Shaggy. Yeah, I interviewed Shaggy Shaggy once. Wow. And I interviewed... um, um, there's a lady called Calypso Rose. She's a big Calypsonian from Trinidad. Wonderful woman. I also did another awesome interview with another Trinidadian um, guy called David Roger. And, and, and it was awesome just to, again, connect with these people and hear their thinking behind the music. Another awesome interview I've done is with Sly and Robbie. They are Grammy Award winners mm-hmm. for reggae music. You can look up their music. And I remember one particular night. My show used to air between 12 midnight and 5 in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it meant I had to get up and go to work. We did have a driver. We had a driver that would come for us and whatnot. And this particular night, I didn't wake up. And my guest was in the studio, which was Sly. <laughs> And he was the most gracious thing. He agreed to come back. He said, fine, no problem, Yana. I just slept away the night. I guess I just should not have been there that night. I don't know. You know but all of the interviews I've done, they, I found them to be very remarkable. Because one, my guests appreciated the exposure. Mm-hmm. And they really, really got to connect with their audience. I got to meet them. Back in the day, we didn't have any cell phones to take in in, 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 in in studio camera pictures or whatnot. I do have a few camera pictures from some of them that I've done. Barris Hammond is another very famous reggae artist that we did. I also interviewed Peebo Bryson once before, too, because he came to Jamaica and did a show. Oh, really? So I did an interview with him and whatnot. So a few folks out there who have spoken with. So... Did you ever, like, have any kind of anxiety or, you know, with the bigger artists? No. You know why? Because they're flesh and blood like you and I. Yeah. They're just flesh and blood. I don't see that. I'm not in. First of all, in Jamaica, we don't go ape over artists. (laughs) Oh. No, we don't. We groupies over here. We we out here. Yeah. Worship it. There's a church of Beyonce. You know yeah, that, right? I know. <laughs> really? Yes. There's a whole church of Beyonce. Yeah, same thing. You know, we don't go ape over people like that. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh, Michael Jackson. Hey, cool, bro. <laughs> I might get out of the way then. Yeah, okay. You Excuse mentioned me. that in your article, didn't you? Did I? About the Usain Bolt. Oh, you yeah, said Jamaican people do. don't approach people like that. Nah. Celebrities uh-uh. like that. Uh-uh. 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 I bet they love that too. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, no. We, respect, we, I feel like. Yeah, we're like, you know, hey, good job. Blah, blah. Opposite direction. Keep it pushing, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. That, that's it. 
So no, we don't experience anxiety talking to people of, of that ilk because they all started from where we are. All of them. Mm. All of them. So the fact that they have, I have a great deal of respect for them, mm -hmm. but the fact that they have arrived, <laughs> um, don't make them any greater than you or I. You know, okay, so they can buy a $65 million house in Hollywood Hills. <laughs> hey, more power to you. So why are Americans, in your um, you know, opinion, why do you think we're different? Is it just because we celebrate celebrities on a much higher level? Like, why can't we look at celebrities as just another? I think we, we do enjoy celebrities that do seem like just another common mm -hmm, friend. Like, mm -hmm. J. Cole, I'm sure you know J. Cole. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's probably, like, the most relatable rapper out here right now. Right. That's super mainstream. Why do you think we go crazy, even if we see him on the street? Possibly, it's just because of population size. Mm. It's population size. True. We, you have hundreds of thousands of more people in any square mile, in any square foot, in any square whatever, however we measure our mm -hmm. area. And uh, you don't necessarily get to interface with people unless you're in the business. Because people in the business don't get all excited. Sometimes, of course, you have some stars who get really excited about some mm -hmm. stars. But um, the truth is that money, money talks in this country. And the more of it you have, the better off you are treated, too. So people associate success with money. They associate with Oh man, you you everybody and people want to be a part of the happening crowd. Yeah. So there's a herd mentality that goes a, a, along with fanship. There's a herd mentality that goes along with fanship. So if if I'm into an artist and all my schoolmates are into an artist, like take for instance any of the young girls, whether it be a Miley Cyrus or. Um, Rihanna or, or Rihanna or Lady Gaga. I see Rihanna. Ooh, yeah. well, I'm a fan. Yeah, so <laughs> I know I the other that. things of which you're a fan. So, yeah. The singing. Yeah, the singing. So I don't. I don't. It's it's, it's just a difference culturally. That's all. That's all it is. And um, that's all. That's all it is. Mm. So you know, Americans do American stuff. Jamaicans do Jamaican stuff, and that's it. We're we're not we're not. Uh, we're not overawed by celebrity status. No, really. that sounds lovely, man. That sounds good. Yeah. So with all the, I guess, success in radio that you have had, um, what, I guess, kind of caused you to leave it and I was explore these other it. avenues? I was <laughs> tired of it. You know, people behave as if something that you normally do can't get tiring. I'm so tired. I'm easily bored. To tell you the truth, <laughs> I can't stand to do the same thing over and over again. And after doing this for years, because I started, you know, when I was 18 mm -hmm. or before, and, you know, it, it becomes repetitive. And I continued for many, many, many years. And in about 2005, I was like, eh, <laughs> no. Welcome to the show, y'all. Yeah, I'm like, uh, I don't know, none of that went away. <laughs> I like, I wanted more. But I don't think that there was any outlet for more to happen. Mm. And uh, I believe in doing things, more other things. I believe in 
and growing out. So all my life, by the way, as a freelance producer, I also had a profession alongside it, whether it was, and that has to do with being a public relations and marketing professional. Mm -hmm. So I've done advertising, I've written advertising copy, I was doing uh, voiceovers for radio commercials, television commercials, I was still doing acting. So everything that we have talked about right now, I've done them all together intermittently, interspersingly, and that sort of thing. So it's just been a whole package of doing it. So to get up on there and say, oh, I'm no longer doing radio. It's, it's, it's not a complete break from radio. It's always within the ambit of okay. performance okay. and communication. I'm always doing something. It's just one facet of... Just one facet of many different angles and things. So let me ask you this, and I think Mike can... I guess, you know, uh, speak on this also. I think the formula, at least in, you know, this country for success is you get a college degree, you know, you work for a company for however long it takes, and you retire, right? Would you say that's pretty that's accurate? The basic American outline. <laughs> that's the model, right? <laughs> yeah. And you don't switch jobs a lot, or you don't try new things for the yeah. most part. What would you say to people who, you know, are kind of either not necessarily stuck in a job, but are afraid to leave a job, you know? Because it seems like you've tried a bunch of different things. You've done different things in your life. Yeah, I try I try not to try stuff, but I prefer to do stuff. So thank you for that correction. Yeah. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> First of all, I have a master's in education, okay? And I have a bachelor's and honors degree in social sciences and the arts. And I also have a postgraduate degree in communications. What else? <laughs> but I'm here to tell you that none of those degrees got me any of the jobs I've spoken about. None of them. What got me, when I started my first radio job, I didn't have no degree. I was just starting university. So I started university and started my radio job. Mm -hmm. What... And by the way, having a degree or not having a degree does not determine your success in life. It doesn't. Especially not right now. Especially not right now. Not with education being as expensive, unnecessarily expensive as it is, because professors ain't going home with all of that money you're paying anyway. They're not. <laughs> right? But all those student loan places, they're making interest off of you. But this is not a financial program, so I'm not going to go into that right now. <laughs> but um, here's what I believe. What makes a success of anyone, even though I don't think I'm a success because I, I, don't, I'm not, I haven't arrived yet. I haven't gotten to where I want to be yet. Mm -hmm. But that being said, I believe what makes you a success is knowing yourself. You have to know yourself, Mike. You have to know yourself. I got you. And if you don't know yourself in totality, you must have an idea as to who you want to become if you're not there yet. Second thing is you have to have dreams. You have to have dreams and visions. You have to have dreams. From my little girl, I wanted to be an actress. Always wanted to be an actress. Being in radio was a detour. Okay, it's one of those things. Now, I don't want to be an actress as much as I want to write more and educate more, okay? 
So first, know yourself to have dreams and visions, solid dreams and visions. If no one else around you believes in you, believe in yourself. Get a faith somehow, somewhere. Read and learn as much as you can about what interests you. If it's movies, if it's engineering, if it's computer science, if it is writing, if it is vlogging, if it is to be a plumber, if it is to be the greatest person in the military, you have to inform yourself as to exactly what it is you're getting involved with. You have to take an interest in life, generally speaking. You must take an interest of life around you. I work in the school system here in Columbia, South Carolina, and I'm appalled to see young people not just taking interest in their life. And I like when I go in the class and they say, where are you from? And I say, I give you a guess and a hand. And I make a game, game of it. Yeah. And they tell me that I come from Monrovia, for goodness Monrovia. sake. Monrovia. Monrovia. As far as that take. But oh, my point is that too many of us are being dumbed down. Whether it, And don't tell me it's just because of the internet and ready, ready access to information because you're listening to things in small bits. That's not the reason. It's because you haven't been helped in creating the interest in life. You're right here in South Carolina. South Carolina is right here. Just beneath South Carolina is the Florida Peninsula. A lot of our high school kids don't even know that and they do geography. I have to give them some kind of face the answer. And I say, you have Google, go look it up. And that's when they look it up. But where I'm from and how our school system worked is that we didn't spoon feed people or kids with information. You have to engage in the activity of finding out for yourself. You learn better. Right. You're going to physically remember the process of going to that book and going like this or clicking on that phone and hitting the right site the right credible site that gives you the information so know yourself have dreams and visions of where you want to be learn and study that which you're most interested in take an interest in your life around you don't born in colombia and stay in colombia all your life <laughs> in the southeast and don't move and don't go search to something else. Go outside of your comfort zone. Take a day trip up to Augusta. Get somebody to drive you up there. You know, go to the museum up there in Aiken. Aiken has a wonderful little museum. There's another beautiful heritage museum right in Casey. Right? You see all kind of Indian artifacts because this is Indian land. People don't know that. Everything's Indian land. <laughs> exactly settlement land okay um there are many when i first came to columbia people, you're from jamaica why do you come to south carolina i mean from a place like jamaica i'm like but there are very interesting things here to see and do in south carolina but too many south carolinians don't believe it so they're passing on that information I don't know who you think South Carolina is for. It's for everybody who lives here, South Carolinian or not. And you have to take interest 
in that which is around you. I was just about you. to say, I think that all just comes right around to your point. And that's such a great point to make. When you value your surroundings, it changes your whole perspective, perspective on life. Because when you don't value your surroundings, mm-hmm. that's when mm-hmm. that depression hits. That's when that sense of like hopelessness. Oh, yeah. That's when oh, you yeah. get into that mundane job that you don't like. Right. For comfortability. Right. Um, we right. need to make that a quote or something for this podcast. Oh, yeah. That's a, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Success is right in here. It's not out there to be found in any particular job. People have left very high-paying jobs to go do what they really want. Because ha- if you're going to read Michelle Obama's book, Becoming, and I've watched many interviews with her about the book, I haven't read the book, finished reading the book yet. But what I gleaned from what she has said is that here I was a successful lawyer and was not happy. Hmm. Hence, and if you know, when you drill down, the bottom of her book, the name of the book is Becoming, because she's still becoming. People give you this idea as to what you're supposed to become. Excuse me. Right here in downtown Columbia is the mecca of the University of South Carolina. So you have a lot of students around here. We also have Benedict College and HBCU up the road alongside Allen. And then we have a few other colleges around the place. We have over in Orangeburg, we have Claflin University. And then we also have South Carolina State University. Education is great. I love education. Study. Get degreed if you want to. Do certificate programs. Do short programs. Get in there. Do things that are different. Don't do the things that everybody is involved in. Find your way. Find your talent. And work that. That is where your success is going to come from. It can't be what your mom says or your dad says. Now, if your dad or your mom says, look, you're going to do a finance degree and I'm paying for it. Anything else you want to do, (laughs) you're on your own. (laughs) It's only four years of university. Literally, my mom signed my university application form because I didn't want to go to university. Oh, my goodness. Didn't want to go to university. And my mom literally had my hand like this. She said, you going. Sign the form. <laughs> okay. I didn't even want to be there. But guess what? I said, you know what? I'm going to be here. Let me learn about the world about me. It's the best thing that ever happened to me. Because now nobody can fool me about legal issues. Yeah. They can't fool me about social issues. They can't fool me about education issues. Because I had that knowledge. And that's why I say my degrees didn't get me any of my jobs. But what it made me is more ready for the world and aware of what exists and how the human condition is. When I did sociology, for instance, I understood how the human mind works and how society works with the human mind and how society works based on gender roles and how society works based on economic standing and how I learned so much. So I'm able to understand a little bit differently. So there are many paths to success, Will, to come back to your question. But the main thing is, is to approach it from a heartfelt position and not just from your head and what everybody else is doing. You're gonna fail. Gonna drop out from college, for instance. You don't even have to do college. You don't have to do college. You don't. You don't even have to do the first two years at Midlands. You don't. But when the time comes, if you need to get certification, you better find somewhere that is properly accredited 
so that you can have that license to do what you need to do. People don't go through academic. You have um, Virginia College that's across the way up to Notch Road where people are learning cosmetology and to be aestheticians. That's going to school and they make money. So you have to determine for you, what does success look like? Does it look like a big bank account, nice house? Peace of mind. And it doesn't have to be either or. It can be all of the above. Success to me tonight. This is your exercise, your homework. No, you're right not homework tonight. Yeah, you know. <laughs> success to me is. And you write down what success looks like to you. What it looks like to you, to you. it don't look like to me. Exactly. What it look like to Will or Michael don't look the same. I mean, you put it perfectly. I think that's our main thing in America is just you get on social media, you see what's called successful all the time yeah. in your face, shoved down your throat every day. And so if you don't have that, especially when you're young and impressionable, like, you're like, oh, I'm you feel a, like you're failing. I'm yeah. failing, you know what I'm oh, saying? Oh, yeah. I'm not 19 with mm -hmm. a thousand something followers. Right. A bunch of money. <laughs> right. <laughs> you, know you have to be careful. You have to be careful in this microwave world. Yeah. And the amount of suicides amongst adult people or young people bother me a lot because I'm saying, how bad is it? And then everybody runs to say, well, they had a mental disability. I'm not saying no, I'm not a doctor. But I believe the way you live your life helps you to remain or get mentally healthy. And if you're around people who are not feeding into your positive well-being, yeah. you're going to feel isolated. You're going to start watching social media and you think that this is real life. It isn't. We had a whole episode about, um, well, not a whole episode, but a section of it talking about move, physically moving yourself around people that can fulfill you mm -hmm. and how that's necessary. I, I struggled with that for a minute because I always kind of sustain myself in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. I have support system like Will and a couple right. of good friends. But, um, you know, Will's not into poetry, so that's how I kind of got started. Okay. So I was like... I have some poetry for you, too. I could read you some poetry okay. if I wanted. We can do that. <laughs> um, I was, like, struggling because I felt like some of my poet friends were encouraging me the way I was encouraging them. But I just had to I had to physically move myself. And um, I used to think you could do it by yourself. But I think, no, I think you need a system. You need people. And I love what you said. You're on poetry people, they're not supporting you as much. Sometimes the things you're interested in don't have the people, the mental right. scape of persons that you need to grow. Right. That's real. That's so real. It really is. It and is when, when you need that, and that's not there. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. I went to the art bar the other night, and I almost went up there and took the mic from them just to do a comedy piece because I don't know. Okay. <laughs> or bar, you need to do something about your comedy. Oh my God. <laughs> Y'all need to do something about your comedy. Oh my God. It's like an open white comedy night? Oh yeah, ish. Oh, they allowed to fail. They allowed to fail. It's open mic. They, they gotta they gotta learn somehow. They gotta start somewhere, right? Yeah. Not twelve people failing. They Not twelve. 12 of them. It's usually one stand up, stand out that just comes up and just rips it. Like there was one guy, two guys who worked, three guys who did a good job. All right, boom. Yeah. Three out okay. But it was fun, though. <laughs> Love you, Art Bar. <laughs> yeah. 
we might get him a sponsorship in the future. So that's yeah, cool. yeah. Hey, we gotta talk. We gotta talk good about him. Boost him up. Say something nice about him. Art Bar is a cool place. It's a cool place to hang out. Really, it is. Edit out all those stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so, um, oh yeah, so the last time we talked, well, one of the one time we talked, you said that men's voices are silenced in this country. I think Michael challenged you a bit on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't explain your point again. <laughs> you actually look at me. Yeah, <laughs> I, I don't remember, remember the challenge, but I don't remember what he said. I, I remember um, y'all disagreed to a certain. I think extent. it was disagree. I don't okay. think it was challenge. Um, okay. Challenge. <laughs> challenge. Because. <laughs> And I was wondering how far back you, do you mean that men's voices are silenced because so many women feel like men have had all the voices. When you look at like even Congress, when you have old white men making the decisions of, regarding women's bodies, you know what I mean? As mm-hmm. far as abortion, things like that. When I say men being silenced, I'm not talking about men, men who are in power, who are passing laws and running corporations and making money. No. No, 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 no. That's what we see. Again, social media is part of it. We hear a lot of loud talking from men. We do. Mm-hmm. And they talk loudly about things. Loudly and aggressively. About everything. Mm-hmm. Guns and race and men speak loudly. Absolutely. That's what we see. When that man closes the door and goes home, we don't see him. We don't know what happens behind closed doors. We don't know what's happening in his heart. Hmm. We don't see that soldier who has been divorced from his wife, estranged from his wife, and living in a trailer, not a, 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 a you know an RV that he drives around the city. And he wants his wife back, and he wants to have his family. And he struggles with alcohol. We don't see that man. He's thirty-five. White male, we don't see him. Or we don't see the young man who's 21 years old and going through his first or his second breakup. Who does he get to talk to? We don't see the young man who is at college whose girlfriend just dumped him and he's crying his eyes out. Because we call him what? A wuss? Or we call him the P word? Well, you don't think that's getting better with a lot of people? No, it is not. With a lot of people, what? A lot of people, I see men being more sensitive or allowing other men to be more sensitive in a lot of spaces right now. That's not the issue. The issue is not men being being allowed to be sensitive. The issue is not men's level of sensitivity. Men are becoming more sensitive, I believe. I see a lot of young guys under thirties with their family, with their wives, who are demonstrating sensitivities, heightened heightened sense of sensitivities. But who I'm talking about are those guys who are not experiencing that. Those guys who don't have a running track to get to those sensitive spaces with other men. You may have some growing in churches. We are not seeing the guys. I know you have this organization called Fathers Inc. here. I know you have men 
maybe allowed in these sensitive spaces to express and be sensitive and be heard is the rest of the society willing to listen and accept a man's sensitivity whole scale without calling him a pussy? I think you're always going to have a problem with people who won't do that. But I feel like the, the masses are headed in the right direction. I don't know about the masses. I don't know about the masses. And I've had sufficient talks with sufficient men privately who express this whole business of, for instance, take something like loneliness. Successful guy going about his business, whatnot, tells me he's tired of going home to his apartment alone. And it makes me wonder how often, does he say this to anybody else? It, Sometimes that successful guy lacks the tools of navigating towards that sensitive space to change that situation. Oh, I'm lonely. Yes, I spent the weekend alone. Oh, I'm lonely. A lot of these guys are not even on social media on a dating site going out with anybody. Their picture might be there. But what you find is there's a lot of masking. That's one of the things that we talked about in Gold Speak Women that we held at the um, Columbia Northeast Hampton Hotel. Gold Speak Women when we did it on International Women's Day. The same things that women suffer from, wearing of the masks, appearing successful, okay? Being in boys clubs, whatever. Men experience that too. And when you read books like a T.D. Jakes's book, uh, I can't remember some of his titles, but here's a gentleman who writes a lot about man emotions. He has a book called He Emotions, in fact. Mm. There's another guy that we met back in October in Columbus, Ohio, Lewis House. And he has written a book about men and their emotions. Now, who must drive that change? I don't know if it's the men or the women. South Carolina, as you may know, has had up until up until a year or two ago the highest incidence of men killing their women. Oh, yeah, we was number one for like mm -hmm. a very long time. Very long time. It just barely changed last year to number two spot. Mm -hmm. South Carolina. And you say that their space is opening up? No. They don't have a lot of men don't have that space that's easily accessible as it is accessible for a woman. A woman can probably run to a church or start talking to other women who she doesn't know and spill. It's unlikely that a man will do that. I don't, yeah, I don't disagree with that at all. I'm mm -hmm. just, I guess I'm just, I mean, well, first of all, I'm glad you clarified where you're speaking from. Because when you said men's voices, I thought you were talking about like, of course, I thought about patriarchy. I thought, oh, no, so. they, they, they so. will always have a voice. They will always okay. have a space. They will always have, you yeah. know, an audience, right. you know? But men don't have free expression of their feelings and emotions. No, they don't. And some of them also don't even have the knowledge as to how to express because right. of their upbringing, because of even establishments like church or certain professions that you belong to. You have more men drinking and smoking than women. Why is that? I know, like I said, I don't disagree yeah. with you at all, and especially in our socialization being right. brought up. I, mm -hmm. Listen, I was a sensitive child. Like I'm still mm -hmm. sensitive now. Yeah, <laughs> and, but um, you are the exception to the rule. You are a 
That's why we can't open up, right? That's what I'm saying now. No, I used to fight all the time because I like to. I like to cry as a kid. Like if I mm-hmm. let my feelings hurt, I would cry. Mm-hmm. And um, no, I definitely feel what you're saying. I'm just saying, I don't see how you can't see how the shift is happening. As far as especially even as far as women being heard, mm-hmm. I think um, women being abused or you know raped or any of those things mm-hmm. was silenced for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And I think you got to see the shift in that. Oh, right. definitely, there is a shift. So you don't see the shift no- with men as well. Um. Not as rapidly though, because you know, okay, no, okay. not as rapidly, and you see more things being done for women for women than for men. And while women has have been having this progress and this, and things are still not a okay for women for us women. Oh, no. But men, on the other hand, for instance, look how many men are whipped because they are stay-at-home husbands. You know, a guy not working, he don't have a job, but he takes care of the house and the kids. Yeah, I don't really. I don't really agree with that myself. <laughs> if, you're, if you're a woman balling out, like she out here, you dating um, who's a balling out? Now, if it's me, that's a different story. That's what I'm talking. <laughs> you know, so. But if I saw you doing it, oh, you gotta get a job. <laughs> yeah, you gotta get a job, did. son. Bro, my right. money making enough money. I wear the whole maid outfit and everything. Yeah, I got the little yeah. but yeah, butt cheeks out. Butt no. cheeks all out and everything. Look here and red high heels. Red high. Well, I can't walk in heels. <laughs> Too big to walk in hills. If you had the house, you're going to have to learn how to. You know what I'm saying? My lady's still making these millions and millions of dollars. I guess I. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Trash. Then I bought a Trump at the house. (laughs) I guess I got to do it. Yeah. I think there's a space submit because you see how men here are emo. I'm going to tell you the origin of my thinking process. The origin of my thinking process came from my master's thesis. My master's thesis looked specifically at why young African-American or Afro-Caribbean men would not elect to do higher education as a path to success. Hmm. Hmm. Okay? I won't use the word black, but African or African-Caribbean or african they don't automatically choose college because they need to earn money quickly. They need to help out at home. All kinds of stuff. <laughs> We're getting some comments here, some feedback about stuff. Uh, my boy Jay said, we excited about that made outfit, that man-made <laughs> outfit. He is, Jay. He is. You know? You know. And what I discovered in my research is that almost in every other ethnic society, the Asian society, um, certain other Indian societies and so on, you have a sense of continuity where they follow different such Jewish people. They have bar mitzvahs and bat mitzvahs. So there are certain chain of events that take place. People bring monies to these events for these young men and these young women, and it is expected that they're going to follow a certain path that is a part of their success principle. They're going to come on, go to college, and while in college, work in the father's business or law firm or whatever. Mm-hmm. So there is a certain set of rituals that take place. My argument in the thesis was the lack of Afrocentric principles practiced doesn't give young men of color the thought or the path to walk using higher education as a path to success. Now, that is changing because we do see young African-American men 
going through to college and especially to HBCUs, especially the ones in Georgia, and they are seeking to mentor other people. You have Steve Harvey, who has his foundation, who does the young men mentoring programs and I'm so on. About that, yeah. So that is changing somewhat. Now those Afrocentric principles of rituals and rites of passage. Back in the day, for instance, our forefathers were running, oh, today you become a man. So <laughs> you'd have to go chase a lion and come back without Jeez. any scratches. <laughs> Come back without any scratches. Right. Right? If you the less scratches you come back, the more successful a man you shall be. Sure ain't going there. Who's the root and berry gatherer? (laughs) (laughs) You so like you belong in the home. I'll get you smoothie quick. Listen, (laughs) a vacuuming. You so like that kind of guy. I I love it. (laughs) (laughs) You know? So there are certain Afrocentric principles that help women, on the other hand. You know, you're in the house with mom or auntie or whatnot. You learn to cook, clean, wash. I don't know if they still do it any day and nowadays. What's my dad's cooking? You know, but what? <laughs> There's a lot of dads out here cooking. <laughs> exactly. But the point is that certain Afrocentric cultural principles are not practiced that helps hone young men into a particular direction. So that's why things like Will mentoring and Michael mentoring young men young women make a difference. So we have to be actively involved in people's lives. Oh, we do. That way. That's why I started mentoring. I, I know that mentor. you do. I, I had a mentor growing up. Yeah, my I, mom, I needed one. Right, <laughs> you know, right. I was out here. I was right. out here just living, now I'm living wild. I was, yeah. I was just misguided and <laughs> right. didn't have the male influence that I, I needed. That's and, what um, I'm talking about. And mentoring, I think people should know that mentoring can take multiple forms. You don't have to like be I, there on a yeah, you know person's saying? arm you all have the to time. Be, yeah, you mm-hmm. just literally just taking some time out mm-hmm. when you see a child just misguided or mis- ill-informed mm-hmm. on something. Just taking like five, ten minutes just to talk to them. Mm-hmm. And they gonna act like they don't hear you. Yeah. But I've always believed, like, if you're talking sense, like, it, it comes in. It, it, oh, yeah. it sits in there. Oh, yeah. They're going to try to deny it. They're going to try to fight it. Mm-hmm. They got to act mm-hmm. tough, for their, especially in front of their friend. Right, right. But they know what makes sense. Mm-hmm. They you know do. I mean? So. And um, that is a part of taking interest. When I'm talking about the past of success, taking interest in things around you, it also means taking interest in people. Mm-hmm. It means taking interest in people. It's very important. The young people, especially. Mm-hmm. And the generation coming after you, a lot of people got to realize this generation is going to be taking care of us mm-hmm. when we old and decrepit. Yeah. We can't change ourselves. Yeah. So, so with that being said, um, the young people need mentors. How would you say that with your experience, how would you say that the current, I guess, climate of uh, communication is with the youth as far as, you know, the social media that they have to go through all the time? Um, you know, how would you think that their general speak, general communication is towards each other and adults alike? You know what I mean? And communication skills in general. Yeah. Uh, there, some, some, some young people are great at communication. I've met more than a few. Some are really awesome and wonderful. Others, they don't care and they don't know that it is important to care. Mm. They are just from a position of lack of knowledge. People will say, well, it's the parents, but the school's supposed to be there. I don't know. I don't know what the issue is. If it's the parents, if it's their community, if it's their peers, I don't know. But here's what I know. I know that 
when an individual, young person, doesn't get the sense that he or she is important mm -hmm. because nobody else cares, mm -hmm. the parent doesn't care enough, or whatever the issue is, mm -hmm. when they are not validated, you asked about validation earlier um, when we were speaking about something else, but when an individual does not feel evaluated, uh, sorry, valid, value, that they're valued, they take themselves for granted. And what comes very shortly after that is that it don't matter. It doesn't matter how I speak because hmm. everybody is going rogue anyway. It doesn't matter what they say. So they can say anything. They can do anything. They can mess around with people. They can do as they like because that's just the way everybody's being in that. So with that being said, um, you said they don't feel valued and validated. Mm -hmm. Where would you say that they're seeking that validation from? Well, definitely social media. Social media is a panacea for everything that ails everybody these days because it's just at the top of your finger. Um, and that may come because of the convenience of that, but it doesn't fix the problem of who am I, am I valuable, am I valued enough, do I know where I want to go, do I have a vision for myself and for my, for my life. So until they see the need to improve communication skills, you're going to be talking to a blank wall. When it comes down to communicating with adults, again, many young people don't know how to communicate with adults. I've had to correct them many a time when I have to sit in a classroom with them. And I have to say, excuse me, excuse me. And they are like, they give me a pushback <laughs> because nobody checks them. You no, yeah, nobody don't check them. So they're going to behave as if it's business as usual. I've had to pull students out of a classroom and say, come here, come here, come here. Hmm. Why are you the only one giving me problems? Get your together mm. and get it right. You're a good-looking young man. You're a good-looking young lady. Why? You know what to do. You know what time it is. Right. Get your ass together, and I don't care. Is it more students that you feel like don't know how to communicate or do not communicate? I think more students don't know. Oh, Ooh, that's bad. Like, yeah. in a, like a vast yeah, amount? Yeah, too many. Too many. So, and I'm going to tell you why I know. When I see a young man or a young woman who does communicate well, or is paying attention to reading something well or doing something well, or if I'm in a group of honor students, I notice that they have a different acumen and a different approach to life, and I notice that they have a different kind of um, they just have a different aura about them for want of a better word they express themselves better they behave better and they seem more focused because somebody values them and they in turn value what they are doing and what they are about and when i see these things i note it, it i note it and then you have others who they just don't care and I, I i hate to get up and say oh it's because they don't have any guidance 
guidance counselors are in every school. So where's the breakdown? Maybe they don't care enough. Right. Our friend, um, our, our friend Jay said, um, first of all, Cree said very, very valuable points, which I completely agree. Cree uh, was a substitute teacher herself. Mm-hmm. And um, my boy Jay was like, um, he's been there when he's talking to students. It's ridiculous. A lot of these teachers are scared. You ever felt scared of the I don't feel scared because I'm not, no. Because you get just popping. That's that's right. (laughs) I'm not scared. I'm not scared at all. And if I was a full-time teacher, I wouldn't be scared at all either. You feel like the school doesn't support the teachers as they should? That is very evident. That's very evident. That's very evident. And uh, they're scared of losing their jobs. But to my mind, if you're in a system and you're scared of losing your job, you probably shouldn't be in that system. Hmm. But clearly, the establishment makes it difficult for the education practitioner in that space. So where once upon a time, the teacher was a strong agent of change, and it doesn't mean that teachers aren't still strong agents of change in certain circumstances, the fact of the matter is that now they're more worried about their small paycheck going away. And that's a problem. But I definitely think that the school system doesn't support the teachers. And I know that there's big discussion in the South Carolina government about looking at raising teachers' salaries and looking at the conditions and whatnot. I know many teachers have upped and quit because of the very things we are talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's not a it's not a walk in a park. It's not a joke matter. It's not a made up story. And young people, well, I I remember I've never complained about anything so much in my life as I have had about the whole education system and children and young people communicating and not doing what they're supposed to do. Young people have got to recognize the importance of getting it right from now. Because the system is geared against them from the moment they get it wrong past the age of 18. And many of our young people are going to be caught up in the system negatively where they don't need to be. America is a very big place. You can take a plane to anywhere, a train to anywhere, a bus to anywhere, and your life can go beautifully and that's why i say visions and dreams very important and you have to move your eyes from just where it is right here Hmm. communication and being able to communicate with different publics is going to make your life work much better than not that's part of what i teach in teen speak a teen summer program i developed back in 2011 where we go through the rudiments of helping young people get over their shyness recognize the importance of saying their name right. For instance, I come into a training session with a young person and I say to them, what's your name? Introduce yourself. Tell me three things about yourself. One, your favorite food, your favorite movie, whatever, random stuff. What you do in your spare time. They get up, they mumble, they say, oh, my name is Michael Murray. Excuse me? What did you say? (laughs) My name is Michael Murray. What? (laughs) And the first thing I teach my teens is this. Your name is very important. I don't care if your name is Taikwisha. 
That's your name on your birth certificate. Right. Michael Murray. I need to hear that name because it's what identifies you. I say, I'm going to show you how important your name is. If you, Michael Murray, get a check with Will's name on it, can you cash that check? What's the answer? Absolutely not. Exactly. That's how important your name is. <laughs> Own it. You see the light bulb go off. Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing I teach my young people. Your name. So they're going to start recognizing that their, I, their name is not just their name because everybody else has it. Their name is important because it's what will get them entry into life. Your name is important. You have your name misspelled one day on a certificate, they say it's not you. So, they need to announce themselves well. Know something about yourself, what you like. And don't tell me you like watching YouTube videos. That's not a something. Everybody, <laughs> I like watching YouTube videos. That's not unique. So that's one of the things I teach my young people. The other thing I teach my teens is this. Words. Learn what words mean. When you learn what words mean, you don't cuss so much and don't express yourself. You need to be able to express yourself well using the right words in right circumstances. There is a time for cussing. Believe me, I know. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, I went through my life a long time and I didn't cuss. Gave myself headaches. Started to cuss. It worked. <laughs> I know church folk are not going to agree with me, but it's we okay. We got all kind of listeners out here. They understand yeah. us. Yeah. But it works. I love and Christ. I go to church and I love the Bible. And I, I love Christmas. I know. But it has its place. And I don't I don't think that a word on expletives, I don't think that expletives are bad words. I think what bad words are is, I hate you, Michael. You're ugly. Oh, I don't like the word hate. Right? Yeah, I'm yeah, very. That's a bad word. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? We have to be careful what comes out of us and what goes into us, what, what, what we speak, what we say. And I think choosing the right word in the right time will get you and navigate you through a certain situation. Sure. There are many legal situations I've had to come across where in writing, and because I know words, and when I communicate my words, I get my $25 back. Mm. Or I get that piece of furniture that they tell me I can't have because of some historical something. I'm like, really? That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I want that item, and I'm paying you for the item. Don't tell me about history. What? <laughs> so, words are very important. With na it will navigate you through many things without having to pay a cent to a lawyer long mm. before it gets there. That's, so those are some of the things I... I can't tell you how true that is, man. Yeah. Words on... I know a lot of people don't believe in manners, per se, but especially here in the South, manners have got me... <laughs> Places where my degree has not exactly all the time, and just exactly. no, just knowing how, like you said, just knowing how to talk to people. Period. Um, learning things like how to make people feel comfortable. Oh yeah. While still getting your point directly oh, yes. across. Oh yes. Um, it's very giving people important. complete clarity from Jump Street mm -hmm. instead of having like having all these things in your head and talking in circles. And right. By the time you finish, the people are looking at you like, yeah. What, 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 what do you want? What do you want? Mm -hmm. um, no, man, yeah. I wish this podcast would be two hours long. Um, Jason, my pops always told me that you can show your ignorance through cursing. Show me a man with a little vocabulary, and I'll show you a man who curses a lot 
That's a good one. That's a good Jay's one. Are, you know, does Jay curse? Jay, He's I've heard, I've seen one. Jay cuss like twice. I ain't, I ain't never seen it yet. <laughs> He's supposed to be our saved friend, but he be making some suspect comments. <laughs> That's okay. I'm safe too. <laughs> and I make many safe, made very suspect comments, but hey. There's yes. a way, there's, like you said, there's a way to do all that though. Yeah, there is a way to do what. Simple example. The other day I went into McDonald's. I hardly shop at McDonald's. I was on my way somewhere and I wanted a cup of tea. Now, you know, they charge me that tea price that I could have gone and buy a whole box of tea, right? Right. But anyway, so I ordered the tea. I said, you know what? <clears throat> Sweetheart, thank you. Can you, can you, I need some sugar. Don't you have sugar? No, no. I need a sweetener. <laughs> and she gave me all the sugar. I said, um, don't you have any money? Oh, boy, you just difficult. I'm like, sweetheart, do you have any money? I thought she was looking at you like, no. No. I said, honey, I thank you so very much. I th And she went and she got the honey and she brought it back. I said, my I said, sweetheart, you have saved my life today. I appreciate it. She had a name tag. I called her by her name. And I was genuine. I was genuine. I said, darling, I thank you so much for what you do. Thank you. I need some lemons. Do you have any lemons? She went away for a long time. She came back and happily a whole tub full of lemons. I don't think the McDonald's had any lemons left. And it's because I looked at her directly. I appreciated her. I've worked retail here in South Carolina. Not nice. We have to. Yeah, we've we, we got some horror stories. Right. Okay. And I'm like, so if I can treat you well for that five minutes. I've done my deed for today. I don't know what else is going on with her. Working at McDonald's, God knows. You understand? <laughs> I don't know what else is going on. But I'm going to treat her very well. Not because I want lemons. And if she came back and she couldn't find any lemons, I would have told her it's okay. You know why? She made the effort. She didn't have to do it. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to treat her well. Mm -hmm. Because I want her to feel good today. If When she look back over her day, she needs to feel good today. Absolutely. You I could have saved her whole day, probably. Yeah. She probably had all kind of ugliness all yeah. day that day. Yeah. And it was a Saturday, too. So. Oh, okay. So yeah. she did have all kind of ugliness. It was wide open. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, girl. So communication is not only about getting on stage and speaking prettily so that people can applaud you, but it is about understanding other people. We tell you that communication is a two-way street. The speaker, the person sending the message, and you receiving the message, and there's understanding, and then feedback. Mm -hmm. So that's what communication is. Absolutely. Oh, this man. Y'all better be taking out these gems. <laughs> Give your homework. Y'all better be taking notes. Yeah, right on what success means to y'all. Right? So when Teen Speak, when does Teen Speak start? We're starting as soon as school closes, or probably a week after school closes. Teen Speak is a summer program that runs for two weeks. And it runs Mondays to Thursdays. And it starts at 10 in the morning and ends at 2 in the afternoon. And you sign up online. What you have to do is simply follow me on social media. I'm on Facebook. My name, Totlin Oliver. You just type that in and you will see my page pop up. And you go there. You send me a message asking me about TeamSpeak. I'm going to have limited space and run that program for maybe four weeks, but in two segments. So you have to sign up early, sign up your teens early, tell people about it early, and um, we can give you more details about Teen Speak. 
and we usually admit uh, teenagers between the ages of um, uh, 13 to 18. So we ha like to have that mix because, you know, it makes it less about age and more about skill, developing communication skills. And I remember working with a young lady once, her, her dad actually hired me to come in their home and tutor them in public speaking. And the young lady, when I was finished with her over that two week period, he said to her, man, but you can go on TV now and read news. <laughs> yes, that's what I'm yeah. talking about, man. So that's how we work with our youngsters. Long before, especially if they are doing college prep and whatnot and they have interviews coming up or they want to do videos or whatnot, we help our young people prepare for that. And they, you know, get their skill during summer. So that's what we're going to be doing with Teen Speak. And that follows underneath the umbrella of Gold Speak seminars that I run, where we're interested in mounting seminars where we provide a platform for people to meet, talk, and exchange ideas. Mm -hmm. It's not a meetup group. Okay, it's not another masky social event. I think we have enough of those. Yeah, plenty. And everybody <laughs> around the place is now a speaker and everybody's now a coach. I don't shake my we head. We talked about, about that before, Joe. Yeah. That's gonna be another podcast. That's when, yeah. you, when you come back. Right. <laughs> You're inviting me back? Oh yeah. Of course. <laughs> First of all, the chat's blowing up. They love you to death. <laughs> Um, everybody, I don't know if you remember Tanisha, my friend Tanisha, that has the board game. Okay, they, yes, girl. yes, She yes. said, tell her I love her, and she wanted if you remember her. Oh, yes, I remember your board game, girl. You're awesome. Yes. Yeah, that's so dope, man. <laughs> doing a board game. Listen, <laughs> the first person, we about to make a statue out of her, because this is the first wow. person we know personally. Wow. To make a board game. Wow, that's so awesome. That's really awesome. So as far as adults who need uh, help with speaking, uh, is that? Oh, yeah, we do that, too. Okay. My master is actually in, in lifelong learning where we learn perfect techniques as to working with adults like ourselves. And I love working with my adults. My goodness, I love working. I work with my professionals, people who are in management positions. I work with people who are uh, just starting out their careers or in mid-career. We do do two kinds of public speaking coaching. One, I do individual public speaking coaching which depends on the person's needs and we meet at a particular designated time has to be one once a week at least over a period of six weeks because it takes time for people to see and do a change mm -hmm. well at least once a week for an hour we work with adults there are other times where i convene training sessions where i have a group of anywhere from 10 to 20 individuals and we do two-day trainings so that is what we do in a group setting. So mm -hmm. we train in a group setting or we train in on, on an individual basis. And all of this information is going to be, or it always has been, very particular to the group we're working with mm -hmm. and the individuals we're working with. Because I now work with some individuals in individual speech coaching, mm -hmm. and that is to help them. And it's not like getting up and... No, that's not how you said the word. Mm -mm. It is about developing communication skills and developing the craft of speaking in public. There are many people who are working and they're afraid to give a five-minute presentation at work to people they know. <laughs> I help you get over those fears. Okay. That's what I do. Beautiful. I just shared a link to your page. And oh, yeah. Okay. There's that support. Okay, good. Our fans scream at us if we don't do what they say. They... Oh, yeah, you better do it. You better do it. They're very well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're your boss. You know they that. Are. And you also are uh, 
with Toastmasters. Oh, yes. Wonderful Toastmasters Club. I tell you something. I love my Toastmasters Club here in uh, South Carolina, Columbia. I am the Vice President of Education, Vice President of Education of the Saturday AM Toastmasters. I'm sending a special invitation right now through my voice to both of you <laughs> to be there this Saturday. What time is that? We start at 10 o'clock in the morning. Oh, Lord. Uh, yes, it's, oh, goodness, it's good, man. You just be coming in the house. Listen. You just be coming in the house. You talking about a 21-year-old mic. 31-year-old mic. Yeah, Toastmasters is a public speaking club where people work on their leadership and speaking skills. You may ask me, what's the difference between what you do, Totlin, as a coach and a speech trainer as opposed to Toastmasters? Toastmasters is a club. It's under the volunteer organization ambit. And you come, you watch, you observe, and you elect to participate into what you decide to participate in. Some people can come to Toastmasters for two years and never follow a particular kind of path and get any awards. Mm -hmm. Others can come like me who just get involved in everything and get awards because I'm, like I said before, easily bored. <laughs> so I have to, I must, I absolutely must get involved. So Toastmasters is an organization that has been around since the 19, um, I don't remember, I, I remember the year, but I, but it's been around for a very long time. I believe it's over 50 years, if I'm not mistaken. Mm -hmm. And um, we have people of all kinds coming to the club, joining the club. There's a very small annual membership fee, but it's open to all. My club is. We meet every Saturday at the Midlands Technical College um, on South Beltline Boulevard on the Wade Martin Hall, in the Wade Martin Hall. So that's where we are every Saturday morning at 10 o'clock. And like I said, it's open to everybody. And for me to tell you about it and for you to come and see it is two different things. <laughs> mm -hmm. I can't do it justice telling you about it. And I have to tell you, I avoided doing Toastmasters for many years because I didn't think that Toastmasters would help me in the area that I've helped myself. But since becoming a member of Toastmasters, I've grown in other areas where Toastmasters is there. First of all, one of the main reasons I do Toastmasters is to keep my speaking craft active and current. Mm. I can't be a speech trainer and a coach and sit at home and not do anything. Are there developments in in speaking, in the speaking world? When you say developments, what do you mean? Uh, well, you say keep it current. Ah, I got you. Keep it current, meaning if you're a doctor and you're a brain surgeon, but a year passes and you don't perform any brain surgery, How's your skill going to be? It's going to deteriorate. Exactly. So that's part of it. Another part of it is going through to conventions and contests and you see how other speakers craft their skill. Mm -hmm. You can decide to take it or leave it. You can decide to use it to your advantage or not. It all depends on what it is that you want. Just pulling that information from different right. people. And when you talk about developments, as I said earlier before, people are always looking for people to become motivational speakers and whatnot. So if that's an area you want to develop in and grow in, then Toastmasters is a good place to get your foot in the door and uh, your interest will be picked. 
in particular ways to follow up that that line of of, of profession or occupation that you may. How long is this podcast supposed to be? An hour? It's an hour and a half. We'll, I think okay. we should be wrapping up now. Right? Yeah, we're wrapping right. up now. What time is it? What time is it? It's 10 o'clock in night. We got you for the rest of the week. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, in, in keeping with communication, my black business shout out of the week is going to be Figures Wireless. <laughs> Are you in these segways? <laughs> <laughs> I thought it fit. You, you, um, did, it, you did it all right this time. Figures Wireless uh, was spoken about on Killer Mike's uh, Trigger Warning. Hmm. Um, it is a black-owned cell phone company. Uh, you can catch them at figures.com. Uh, you can also catch them on Instagram at Figures Wireless. Um, oh, that's the phone he got when he, he can't use his phone, yeah. right? Oh, right? Yeah, so it's a black-owned cell phone company. Go check them out. Um, no contract, no gimmicks. Um, they also got international calling services, but I'm sure it's lit just like everybody else's. Is. Right. Um, so you can get uh, text talking data for sixty dollars per month, four G LTE, unlimited. Oh man. So. That sounds kind of good. Yeah, it sounds like. You got to switch for, for Sprint. <laughs> but we need to. If I went locked, if I went locked in this lease, this phone lease. Hey, I might Sprint, man. I, I, I don't got about out of my lease, so I might, I might go ahead. Go, and, go ahead and do the switch. I might do it, baby. <laughs> I do it, man. You won't even switch the title, man. What you talking about? <laughs> nah, I am stuck on that. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other day. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my life together. Uh, another black business shout out. We want to make sure we recognize this. Miss Tyler Oliver's Gold Speak, uh, hey. Teen Speak. Which, by the way, I had friends come and they mm-hmm. they loved it. Like, they, really? What uh, did they love about it? Tell oh me. Oh my gosh, Indigo. You remember my friend Indigo? Oh, of course, I remember Indigo. Hi, Indigo. Yes, yo, the <laughs> stories. Because Indigo was like. Uh, She's a very just imaginative person. Uh-huh. She's into like fantasy and like storytelling in general. And she was just like the way, just y'all storytelling period and just the stories of triumph and just inspirational stories about women, you know, especially of color, mm-hmm. just getting through uh-huh. crazy shit that life yeah. throws at women. Yep. Um, she came back glowing that, to the center that following um, week. Wow. Cause she told me she was going right. know, that night. She was going, she was just lighting up. She was like, when they doing another one, right? <laughs> yes. We it, are so. going to be doing another one, possibly um, in another, that was March 8th. We possibly will be doing another one March, April, May, uh, maybe before Mother's Day. Mm-hmm. We will see, though. We will see. Um, I need to thank every woman who came out to that event. It was really, really splendid. And um, thank you for the big up for that. Big up is a Jamaican word, you know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know Jamaican, but yeah, I heard of it. Big up, yeah, big up. You know, thanks for the big up. And um, you know, my books are there on Amazon. If you put my name in on Amazon, you can find them. You might get them a little bit cheaper if you inbox me too. Don't have to pay all that shipping cost. There you go. Right here. Exactly. <laughs> See the plug. Right. And I should have brought them. I should have brought books for y'all. Huh, my bad. I actually had books, but I sent them back to Amazon because they didn't look good. So I told them they need to redo them. Mm-hmm. So when I get some more, that would be good. <laughs> so yes, indeed. So another Go Speak seminar. I'm thinking of doing one for men, actually. Oh, following on the, Yeah, I'm thinking of doing one with men um, where men come and 
and we can have it open to both men and women. The last one was open to both men and women too. Oh, uh, yes, yeah. Go speak women. I would have went to the last one if yeah. I, I knew men could go. Yeah, men could go. They don't say go speak women. I, so I immediately the description. It sounded like it was. I immediately girls. assumed yeah. I was not. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Go speak. So I think what I'm gonna do is go speak men and women. Yeah. Well, but what's that like? Go speak women though, because I like like I like it being for like women. making sure women know that they're right, the main. Right. Right. And for men, so on their side. <laughs> for men, so we do have we do have a series coming out with the Go Speak series in terms of platform. I may even be moved to have one here at the library, and um, and um, make it free of cost to the public, depending on how that goes. So we do have quite a number of things in the pipeline. As long as they keep on following me on social media, I will drop things there. I realize that social media space is very crowded with all kinds of things happening. And I also want to live a life. <laughs> so I see some other things happening and I'm like, I'm not for the shallow guys. I don't like the shallow. I don't like the, uh, the, the microwave system of society. I, I don't like that because after a while, there is no foundation. And nothing can stand up. Mm -hmm. So we want things with foundation. Absolutely. Beautiful. I think everything you've done and will do is has foundation. I don't think you do anything without that. Some people we know say you should be the next Oprah. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, watch, watch that happen. We're just waiting for you to make those moves. Hey, <laughs> yes, you know what I'm saying? As as we can be your I first know. guest. Listen, <laughs> we're working on it, actually. We're working on it, so... I'm gonna, you know, follow in your footsteps. Lights, camera, and action, yeah. man. Get it done. Get do it, it done. Get it Please done. Please do it. But I appreciate the opportunity and the platform to share with you guys Absolutely. and the audience of um, cultivated ignorance. I just love that name. <laughs> I really should have on a T-shirt right now with that across here. Yeah, it's gonna happen. Yeah. So I, like I, I see. Yes, I see it happening. Absolutely. So. I'm glad for the opportunity. Congratulations on your podcast. You. I know you stole me from another person as a guest. How can I steal you? Use my friend first. That's what I'm saying. People be trying to. Ooh. Oh my gosh. She'll be but, honest. But look, we'll, we'll make the rounds. And here's hoping that what I had to share today was of value to oh, no. everyone absolutely. tuning absolutely. in. Everyone so absolutely loves you. I appreciate the time to speak. Can't wait to listen to this again. Well, you got yes. thirst of the week this week, right? I do, baby. Boy, you better be a good one. It is, it's a perfect one. What you mean? So Thursday, we got, like I told you before, this is when we celebrate women of color. Right. Doing their thug fizzle. Uh, this week, we got Anastasia Olivia Lavera. She's mm -hmm. a Afro-Latina um, model and artist out of Brooklyn, New York. Uh, she's been featured in different modeling agencies. She's, had different, she's a very devout feminist. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how you feel about feminism. Yeah, that's her. She, she looks good, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, let me switch the view so we can just scroll. Okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's the one down. with the bottom, huh? Right. No, this okay. is a different one with the bottom. Oh, oh no, no. That's the, whoever Will has. She, okay. She's doing something else. One. Oh, okay. I see. Okay. Well, see, she's not all okay. just booty shots. Okay. <laughs> oh, who is this guy? I know. Um, yeah, we do. I know, picture. right? Thumbs down. Let me I'm dislike. sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Leave, your, um, leave the throw up emoji underneath his. <laughs> <laughs> um, you're not right. You're not she, right. This will stay. It's not mine. Right. <laughs> I only it's did it to right. one person. <laughs> yeah, because you're a dirtbag. But yeah, she's an awesome person. Um, she will be featured in 
Applauding Power, uh, which is a feminist a celebration of mm-hmm. um, what is it? A collective cele- celebration of the journey of divine feminine power. Right. That's in New York. So if you plan on going to Brooklyn anytime soon, <laughs> look her up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but she's just very dope, uh, very laid back. Like I said, very very good artist. She has her whole artist. Um, actually, I got her IG. Is at Anastasia um, Lavera. Lavera. I'm sorry. Her artist IG is at love.era. And her Twitter is this Lavera. This love era. Yes. It's very confusing. Well, I can read. It's just. I'm going to ask you a quick question over. here before you, you wrap up. Is which is the most popular social media platform you say? <laughs> IG, Twitter, Snapchat, Facebook, LinkedIn. What do you think? Instagram. Instagram. Yeah, for sure. Instagram is IG! This, <laughs> Instagram, I mean, there's so many things you can do on there, and it's just like the go-to as far as... Right. You can live stream on there, you can share right. videos, pictures, Okay. and it's just very popular right it's now. It's very simple, too. Yeah. I think that's what people yeah. like about it. Me and Will are not social media gurus <gasps> okay. at all. When you said earlier when you don't task. have time for it, Yeah. like I met a social media guru last Friday to help me put this in the right direction. Right. She was like, oh, to really be popular, you got to do blah, 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 blah. I was yeah. like, what's the bare minimum we can do? <laughs> there you go. I need, to, I need to meet her. Yeah. You need oh, yeah, to I give me the information. Give me the hookup. I got you. Give me the hookup. I want to do other things now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> we about to hire yeah. a whole intern to do this There thing. you go. So. But we want to thank everybody for joining us on this lovely episode of Cultivated Ignorance. Mm-hmm. We want to thank Miss Tyler Oliver. For so being much, as dope man. as she is. Don't get no hug. Don't get no hug, Will. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. No. I'm sorry. I have to. I have to. I have to. No. For being as dope as she is for joining us on this episode. For giving y'all all the insight on public speaking and that's not all. overcoming no, fear. No, no, well, yeah, that's, that's not all. everything you needed. No, no that's not. If you want not, all the insight, that's not. Hit her up on Facebook <laughs> uh, and ask about Gold Speak and ask about any uh, training or. Consulting she can do to help you speak better publicly. Um, so <laughs> Communicate better at the office. Communicate better at the cocktail party. There you go. The Make more friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, what to say to the girl at McDonald's? I show yeah. with that all the time. <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> trying to hustle extra fries. Yeah. <laughs> some extra apple fries. All right. Well, thank y'all. Please join us again next time for next episode of Ghost Video Ignorance. Uh, oh, yeah, just a couple things. We are actually working on intro music and outro music for you guys. <laughs> we are working on, uh, what else? We're working on T-shirts, yeah, we're gonna cards, merch. Mm-hmm. Uh, these are these are things all down the pipeline. So If you can draw and you want to donate your services. Yeah, please. Please send us up. <laughs> please drawing, is, drawing is one thing the Lord did not bless us with. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, as always, thank you all. Please like, share, subscribe, and comment. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can catch us at Cultivated Ignorance on Facebook, on Instagram. On Twitter, uh, everywhere. Everywhere. Well, not everywhere, but most places that most you already places. go to. Well, you, so now you got to make me look dumb. <laughs>